All righty. Thank you very much. And uh, hopefully you guys are in uh, store here for a great, we're going to talk about getting traction in a small community. Uh, I got one speed and it's called wide open. So if you did not get some handouts, I'm going to give this to you. I have some business cards up here. If you want to get one, I will email you the the PowerPoint, any things I have, but I want to open up with prayer because I really believe that God wants us to get traction in our community and make an impact for his name. Amen. 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 Father, I thank you right now for every church leader. I thank you right now for the pastors. I thank you right now for the workers. I pray right now that revelation, I pray right now that we get traction and we do some amazing things in our community in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 And so getting traction and our community. And they said small community. I'm from Baltimore, Ohio, just right outside of Pickerington. 2,900 people, 2,900 people in the whole community. And uh, share a little testimony. And so we're, everything we can do, and I'm going to talk a little bit about what we've been doing. So it's been about a year and a half. We planted a church. We had 20 people gathered together, believed in the vision that we can impact. We're now running about 150. So last Easter, we had an extravaganza. We just went, reached out to this community. What we, do? we had over 1,000 people show up, and this year, we're going to probably like 2,000 people. We're going to have the whole community involved, and it's just amazing. I'm going to share some things, how we got traction. But before I do that, I'm going to talk about getting, gaining traction. I'm Joe Grubbs, if you have any questions about that. But that's what we're going to do. We're going to understand a month ago we had snow here in Ohio. It's mess. Tires were spinning. Craziness. So I'm going to try to relate that to where we are in our church. Big church, small church. But some of us can relate to this better. All right. It's where we are. This is our church. We're not on the main road. We're in the side of the ditch. We're spinning our tires. And we need help. Who can relate to me? Amen? All right. Now some of us are even worse off than that. Come on now. Now who can relate to that, you know? We're not even, we don't have any wheels on the ground, and we're just spinning going nowhere. We're upside down. Lord Jesus, help me, you know? And so I think that no matter where you are, if you're on the pavement with no tires, no engine, or you're like the last one, or you're like this one, you're in the right place, you know? And I really believe that God has given us vision, given us purpose, and given us ideas how we can get traction. And here's the biggest thing I want to tell you right now. You don't need traction unless you're going somewhere. Come on, can I hear an amen on that right now? The problem is, man, I want this big four-wheel drive. I want these big knobby tires. But you don't have a purpose. You don't have a plan. And you don't know where God's calling you. And I think the number one, if you don't get anything out of here, you only need traction if you're going somewhere. And I really believe that God has called you here to give you, and you fill in the blank right here, a vision. Man, if you do not have a vision, what's the purpose of having the biggest four-wheel drive? What's to have the biggest plan and to reach your community if you don't even know what God has called you to be and called God? And I think that's what you need to start first of all before you ask for all these activities, all these things. God, what have you called me to do? What is my vision? What is the passion that you've given me to reach this community? Small community, big community. And I really believe that if you have the vision... And you come around here and group of people, there is nothing impossible that you can do. And I'm going to share some stories about some amazing things that we've been doing. And I think I'm just going to follow along with the things, but you need to find out your mission. But also need to find out what's your assignment. 
what has God called you? Whether you're the lead pastor, whether you're the children or the youth, the deacon, children's worker, what has God called you to do? The church has a vision, but also what is your vision? So several years I said, God, you know, I mean, I want to preach, I want to prophesy, I mean, I want to go and reach. He said, what are you called to do? And me and God just had a little conversation, and I wrote down my assignment to impact as many people as possible with the cause of Christ and to make followers leaders. For Joe, that's what my call on this planet is right now, is I'm going to come out here and I'm going to impact as many people as possible for the cause of Christ, and I'm not going to have a follower, but I want to change followers to leaders. Amen. And if you're a leader and you turn around and no one's following you, you're just out on a walk. Amen. <laughs> but we need to gather around and find out who, what can we do to grab leaders because we can't do it ourselves. I couldn't lead the church by myself. I need a team of people. And I think the thing that we're going to talk about today is being intentional. How many people know about John Maxwell? Okay. John Maxwell says, to be intentional means working with purpose making every action count. Successful leaders are intentional. They know what they're doing and why they're doing it. Church planning or what you're doing, if you're going to say, oh God, I'm just going to show up and it's going to happen. And it, no, you have to be very intentional. Very intentional of hiring the people. Very intentional of coming with a plan and a strategy, a vision. You just can't wake up and say, you know what, I think I'm going to have a children's ministry. I mean, you've got to have, what is the vision? What is your strategy? What is the tactic you're going to do to accomplish that goal? We all, it'd be nice if we could just go in a prayer closet and pray for 30 minutes and boom, it's all happened. A hundred volunteers just showed up Sunday. Aren't we all excited? And half of them are working in our children's ministry. But we have to be intentional. Go to that person and say, hey, I see greatness inside of you. Will you help me push this sled and reach these people in the community? But if we don't come and approach and be very intentional in everything that we do from our children's ministry to our youth ministry to our outreach, it's not going to get done. And if you don't understand the purpose and you don't understand getting the right people on the right bus and also understanding that successful people are intentional and they know what they're doing and why, man, that why and goes back to our core values of our vision. Do you understand why you're doing it? I want to read you some statistics, and I'll put them up here, that it just completely blows me away. It says 1.78 people die every second. Think about this. 107 people die per minute. 6,390 people die every hour. For the hour we're going to be in here, almost over 6,000 people are going to die on this planet. Think about this, 150,000 people in one day. Ohio Stadium, the horseshoe, packed out 109,000 people. More people die in one year than feel that. And we don't have a passion. We can just walk right by somebody and not say, man. And then I was at Pastor James, he said, out of that 6,390 people, that 4,000 people die without knowing Jesus Christ. Man, do you understand that you're walking right past people every day in the market, on the streets, 
at the hardware store and the majority of them are dying and going to hell and we can't just say, hey, can I come to, come to church? How are you doing? Hey, can you come to the Easter egg hunt and just let them, not just preach to them, but let them see the love of God. And I think that if we're not passionate, we don't understand. And look at this right here. 3.9 billion people die basically every 70 years. People are dying and going to hell and churches are building this big, nice, beautiful building with stained glass windows and chandeliers, and we're not reaching the people. The Bible says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. If you don't have people coming into your church, if you're just having a good concert, and have, you're in it for the wrong reason. You're a country club, man. Let's shut the doors, you know, get all the Bibles and your hymnals and put them on fire. But, man, when you understand it's winning souls, pulling people out of hell, encouraging, putting the family back together, strengthening these kids. You know, the, the drugs are just rampant and destroying our teenagers and our kids. I mean, all-time epidemic in churches and pastors are just thinking, well, well, maybe somebody else. You are that somebody. God is having a clarity call said right now, church, rise up. It's time to get traction in this community and be an impact on the community, exactly where you live and what you're doing. I have a, um, when I was at a Bible college, I went to Christ for the Nations down in Dallas, Texas, and went a couple years there, and I came back, and I was a youth pastor in Roanoke, Virginia, and it was my first ministry position. Like, woohoo! They paid me like $25 a week, a crisp $100 bill at the end of the month if I made it through the end of the month. Okay, and so, of course, I couldn't live on $25 a week, so I had to get a part-time job. My dad had a heating and air conditioning business, so I went to a guy in our shop and at the church, and he owned a heating and air conditioning company. I said, hey, I'll come help you. Can you, know, can you pay me a little bit of money to eat a little bit? And I was a single youth pastor. He said, sure, you know, 30, 40 hours a week. And so he was paying me a couple hundred dollars a week. I was like, whoo, I can do this. But I need off on Wednesday for the youth. I need off Saturday to go take them skiing. All of that. I said, all right, I'll work with you. And so it was Roanoke, Virginia, probably 20 years ago. And all of a sudden, it was like nasty February and it had like two feet of snow. It's like one of those pictures earlier I showed. And I said, I had a little uh, Ford Escort, all right, a little red Ford Escort. And I said, hey, I can't get it in. Everybody's called off. Not gonna, two feet of snow. He said, be at the edge of your driveway in 30 minutes. I'm coming by to pick you up. I said, what are you talking about? You know, he said, get on your boots, get your, your stuff, get at the end of the road. I'm coming by and pick you up. He had his big four-wheel drive. And he went and had chains on all four tires, locked that thing in. He said, I will pick you up. He said, there's an elderly couple that called us. And they've been without heat for over six or eight hours or something like that. And if we don't get there and fix their heat, they're going to die. So we're going to do everything that we can do to get there. I said, yes, sir, I'll have my boots on. I'll be at the edge of the street picking me. And all of a sudden, about 30 minutes later, the big old four-wheel drive with chains coming down. He said, jump in, throw your tools in. We're on a mission because we're going to do whatever we can do to get that. And if you in your mind the vision, the big four-wheel drive was chained, locked them all for. He said, because we had, the vision was bigger than just me making an excuse. I got a little escort. I can't make it. He said, we're going to make a way. We're going to get traction 
and we're going to go help somebody. And if we understand and have the compassion to helping people and reaching out, we can move obstacles. We can find money. We can find building. If the vision and the desire is big enough to move heaven and earth to get to those people. But on the other hand, we make excuses. And, well, you know, I'm tired. I went to a meeting last week. But we don't have any traction. So I want to talk to you, give you three questions right here, real simple. Do you believe in your vision? Do you believe in the vision that God has called you? That's that first and foremost. If you say, well, I want to reach this community. My question is, do you really believe? Do you really believe and you're going to have an impact on that community? Because some people say one thing, but their actions say something completely different. Man, I'm telling you right now, my boss, he said, we're going to help that elderly couple, and we will get their furnace on today no matter what. He rolled his sleeves up. He put the chains on. We're going to do it. Talk is cheap. But when you're going to go to a community and say, number one, as the leader, do you believe in the vision? Number two, does your leaders believe in the vision? Man, my church, I get my leaders together. Listen, we're going to storm the gates of the hell. Here's your water gun. Pass them all out. We're going to go, and you're going to, we're going to charge hell, and we're going to attack. But, Pat, come on, we're going to go. And I paint the picture of people are dying and going to hell. They're waiting for us to show up, that the Calvary is going to show up. If we don't show up, who's going to show up? If not now, then when? If not us, then who? And God is waiting for somebody that's big enough and bold enough to stand up and say, use me. And if you just raise your hand, like Isaiah said, can you use me? God said, I'm waiting for you just to raise your hand. And God said, I'm going to find you the resources. I'm going to give you the tools you need to come in here and get traction and hit that input. Next one, does the community know the vision? Now, they don't have to believe in the vision. they got to know the vision. You can go to my little community. They know Pastor Joe. In a few minutes, I'm going to tell you some things. I'm, I'm like all over everything like crazy. And here's the deal. I want you guys to visualize your community and where you are and what you're wanting to do. My coach came and talked to me. He said, Joe, your awareness. We want, we're 150, went from 20 to about 150 right now. And the next year, we want to be 300. We're going to do two services. My leader said, two services? We're going to, and it's not necessarily the number, but the people that are dying and needing to hear the gospel. I don't want to take them out of the Baptist or the Method or the Lutheran. Man, I want to go knock on the doors of people that don't even know Jesus. We had a gentleman that we just knocked on the door. Matter of fact, the, uh, a sister came, and she started coming to church, getting involved, and she invited her sister to come to church. And said, well, okay. And then her husband said, well, I'll, I'll come to church, but I've never been to church. And he was probably 35, 40, never been to church his whole entire life. Never, okay? And so we did this Bible study in their hate. His, his wife opened up and said, you can come to my house. We'll do a Bible study. I said, sure. So we did not a fan. I mean, you heard that, not a fan Bible study. So we went in there, and it opens up the first series, and the guy was uh, showing the foot, high school football, and the guy had a big sign, John three sixteen. And as the leader, I'm all inspired and said, hey, you know, everybody knows about John 6, three sixteen and Gaza. And the gentleman, house that we were in, he just sort of, raised his hand like this. He said, Pastor, I don't know about John 3.16. 
never in his life heard of John 3, 6, never opened it up. Most churches went, you got to be kidding me. What do you think? You never... No, no, no. I said, that's a great idea. That is great. Who's got a Bible? Open up, open up. Man, let's just all understand. Let's find out what that means. That God so loved the world. Somebody in my community, 35 years, has never read John 3.16. Somebody on your block right now has never heard that Jesus loves them unconditionally. All you have to do is you take a step out in your community. People are hurt. People are broken. And so he said, awareness. You've got to let people in your community. You've got 18,000 people. You've got to be How am I going to reach 18,000 people? You have 100 people in your church post one thing on their Facebook. And every Facebook person has at least 100 people. There's 10,000 people that knows that you exist. Woo. Easy. Most of you guys have hundreds or thousands of people on your Facebook. But the key is just awareness. You're not getting them saved. You're not just getting the word out. What can I do? Just let everybody know. Facebook, Instagram. Let something's going on. I went to the post office and we had a bunch of post off postcards. And when we do things, I mean, I'm just going here and talking to everybody. So I went down to the postmaster and we had a new invitation we we're going to send out to the postcard to, to all the new first time guests. And went to the postmaster and I said, I made up this new postcard. He said, thank you for visiting now church. I said, could you wait this, make sure I'm in the right dimensions and right heights? He said, hmm, you're a pastor now church? He said, he said, I've been hearing a lot of good things about your church. I said, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, tell me kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> and it's just amazing when you go and you get the awareness out, just let everybody, you're not preaching to them, you're just getting the word out. Then it drops down to your network. Know their name. What's your name? Sarah. Sarah, I'm Joe. I'm so glad. Did you have kids? No, no kids? All right. How about uh, new in the community, doing any sports, things like that? All right. Well, let me see. Do you read your Bible? Oh, good. You know. So what you want to do is have everybody in your church just to know one person's name. Get to know their name. Just find out the name. One person gets to know somebody, and you're dropping it down from the 18,000 to 1,800. Then the next thing you want to do is find out their story. You're John. John, what do you like to do for your hobby? Fish. Fish. Man, my grandfather used to take me fishing all the time. What? Bass, trout. Oh, crappie. Oh, man. What was the biggest one you've ever caught? Uh, four and a half pound bass and about a 2.1 pound crappie. Wow. So what I'm doing is I'm finding out his story. You know their awareness, but you know their name, and then everybody has a story. John, what makes you cry? What makes you laugh? What makes you get out of bed? Knowing that people suffer when they don't have to. Uh-huh. Good. What makes you happy? See that healing there. Uh-huh. And everybody around you has a story. Invite people over for hamburger, hot dogs. Just talk. You got to know their name. You've been knowing your neighbor, talking about Bo and John and Fred. And invite them all over. Find out where do you work? What do you do? And what you're doing is building a relationship. And you're getting to get traction. What we think we get traction, we're going to go out here and get this big turbo, big engine. No, it takes one step at a time. Put them in the funnel and just working. Find their name. Then you find their story. And then all of a sudden, and they become part of the vision. Hey, John, man, we're having this Easter egg hunt down here Saturday, April the 4th, and 
well, can you help me? I got 15,000 eggs. Would you be willing to come in here and just help me put them out in the field? Sure. And what happened? I got to know his name. I got to know his story. Then I asked him, would he help push the vision? It's not for me. It's for these kids. Would you, would you help pour your life into somebody else's kids? Wow. And I think that's how you get traction. You just ask somebody. Find their name. You can't ask them for their hand until you first touch their heart. I want to say that one more time. You can't ask them for their hand until you first touch their heart. Find out what their name is. Oh, you know, Mr. Brub, no, call them by that. I'm not very good at memorizing it. Yes, you are. You write it down. You got to put it in your palm. Hey, Dan, how you doing? Put name tags. Tell me, what's your story, Dan? How do you, let's go out to eat. Let's get some coffee. You build a relationship. You touch their heart first. And once you touch their heart, then you can ask them for their hand. Hey, Dan, I know you like working with kids and working with youth. Man, we got this big function. Would you mind coming and help me? Can you lead praise and worship or can you have games? Man, sure. Because I built a relationship. I know the name. And then they're coming and helping. And that's how I get 300 because I got to start with 18,000, 1,800, and 600. So my job for my staff is to look here. You're going to find everybody's name in this community. When you go to the barber shop, when you go to the hair salon, when you're going to get your meat cut, find their name. Next month, say, tell me. I saw you had the ball game. You had a, a daughter. You have a son. What do they do? And you're building relationships, and you're doing things. Will you keep me, Sarah, keep me? I'll just preach till the end of the day if I don't stop. Okay, good. All right, here's ways to get traction. I don't think I have this up here. Ways to get traction. Facebook. Don't be preaching on Facebook, but just my grandfather used to raise horses. My grandfather said, you can't. Make a horse drink, but you can water its oats. Or you can salt his oats. And so, but he put some salt in the oats and make it thirsty. So when you're on Facebook, don't, nobody's coming to my church. You know, advertise everything great. You know, talk about, hey, we're having an Easter egg hunt. And we had three people get saved and start doing positive. Nobody wants to go to a church that's dead, boring, and you're having so many problems. We're getting ready to go bankrupt if you don't give an offering. They don't want to hear that. They're going to run from that. God has blessed us with a new building. Our, take pictures of you know, the youth department reaching out. Our teenagers went to the fire department, and I said, you guys need to reach out. So they went to the fire department, the EMS. They fixed some chili. They went and had soft drinks, and they said, hey, firefighters, police officers, EMS, you guys have served our community. We want to serve them. So we, they, teen, we had like 15, 20 teenagers. They lined up chili, and they served them. They took pictures. And then look here, the newspaper said, now church teenagers went and served our community. We had Facebook. We took advantage of getting traction. All right, I have a, a pet project that I do every other week. It's called Project Cupcake. Okay, you can write that down. Project Cupcake. It's worth a million dollars. No, no. Uh, Project Cupcake. There was a lady in our church. I said, I need you to do me a favor. Will you make me some cupcakes? And she makes these little small mini cupcakes and gives me three dozen. And it has a real cool little carrier that has 12. And she decorates them nice and has a nice little card that says, Now Church. And I got three dozen. And my secretary administrative assistant gives me a list of all of the business in the Baltimore area. So every other Thursday on the front desk, I got three dozen fresh baked cupcakes and it's everything I have keep from eating them all and they're like delicious and so she gives me a list and said here you go pastor go here 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 and so I went to First National Bank so I went to the manager I said you're Sarah you're the manager my name's Joe 
I'm the pastor of Now Church, and it's First National Bank Appreciation Day. I just want to say thank you for serving the community. Here's your cupcakes. Really? Wow, thanks. Wow. And so every, every, every other week, I got three dozen. I'm going to every business. And what am I doing? I'm finding their name. I'm getting their story. And so there's a hardware store. We've been renovating this 100-year-old building. So the hardware store, I'm going to go in down there finding some things. So last week, I went and got my cupcakes. And there's like four or five guys. So I brought my dozen cupcakes in here. I said, hey, you guys, you know me now, church. But I want to say thank you for serving this community. Here's you some cupcakes. We just want to say we appreciate you. Okay. So yesterday, I went back to the hardware store. The manager, pastor, pastor, come here. Man, those cupcakes were the greatest thing that ever happened. I'm like, really? And, and what, what just happened? What just happened? Boom, boom. They built relationship, and now they're going to start coming to church. What time do you have church? Because I built your relationship. I didn't ask him for the hand until I first touched the heart. You can get a cupcake mix, and I said, ma'am, we'll buy you a cupcake. No, no, no. I just want to give back to the community. I want to give back to the church. I'll bake the cupcakes or cookies or whatever it is, and I just get the greatest pleasure of every other week going and finding three businesses. That, hey, I went to a, uh, it's like a veterinarian's, veterinarian, I said, this is Veterinarian's Appreciation Day from now, church. Oh my gosh, really? And they just, these ladies just lit up. To, I don't know if we're going to give anything to the doc or not, you know, but it's amazing the rumble now around the community of reaching out and touching some things. Okay, uh, Facebook, Twitter, um, I put on here newspaper, rotaries. I joined the rotaries. You may know about rotaries. Check out. There's a rotaries. There's a chamber of commerce, extravaganza, outreaches, town council. Small little community, less than 3,000 people. In our little community, about once a week or twice a month, they have a town council meeting, and they always want a local pastor to open up with prayer, and they have the pledge. Guess who will volunteer every single week if they want me to pray? That's me. If I can get before the town council, the village council, a 30-second prayer, Lord, I pray right now for these men and women, these I think you give them wisdom and knowledge. And so now when I need a zoning issue or something I want to do, or I want to get extravaganza, they're going to say, oh, yeah, this is Pastor Joe, man. He comes and blesses us. So look for opportunities in your community. All right. Uh, partner with other organizations. Food pantry. We have a local food pantry. Barb, some of the ladies, some of the men, we go down there every week, every month. What can we to do to help you? What can we do to get traction? Oh, my gosh. How, do, how old is Ruth, you think? 75? 80? And a little, her name is Ruth, charged the food pantry, a little lady. I mean, she come in here, and she said, you know, Pastor Joe's my favorite boyfriend. I went, oh, yeah, I don't tell my wife. <laughs> And she just says, anything that we need, that church comes and helps us. If we need volunteers, if we need to clean the cans, or if we need to come in. You know, they had like 100 families that had gift bags for Christmas. We volunteered to help deliver those things for it. And then in turn, she said, Joe, on your extravaganza, what do you need? Can we give back? If you understand that you cannot reap until you sow, and if you sow, then you'll be able to reap. And a lot of times, so many churches, they come in here and they say, give me, give me, give me. I just want to say, what have you done first to sow the seed, to create that traction, and then the community come back and reach to you. But unconditional love, back to them. 
Once again, they have a parade. They have a festival. I mean, we're going to get, we're going to be the biggest parade. They're going to know that now church is here, and we're going to give and give and give. Have a festival. We're going to be coming, having cornhole. We're going to make it fun. We're going to be excited. If you come to our community and you don't know about now church, you're either dead, blind, or not even on this planet. Because I'm going to be out there touching anybody, everybody, and we're also supporting other churches. Hey, if this doesn't fit, there's a Baptist, there's a Methodist, there's a Lutheran, whatever you can do. But I want you to be plugged into church. And working together. Uh, sporting events, oh man. We have a high school football. Friday night football is the biggest thing in our little community. So I went and talked. They had a little brochure. I said, Can I put our name? That will be a sponsor, give you a hundred bucks. I said, Well, it's a little bit too late because they already printed them. I said, Man, is there anything else? They said, Yeah, you know, last year somebody had these little footballs. And you can put your church logo on here. And the cheerleaders can get them and throw them out every time the, uh, they score. I said, hey, let's order 1,000 footballs. And I think every, like every game, there's like five games, 250. And they scored. And these cheerleaders came in here. They threw these red balls out to the stand. Like, ah, oh, what, what? They're fighting. They're getting home. And guess what it says? Now Church, Baltimore, Ohio, our website, our phone number. Like, you got to be kidding me. And all of a sudden, people said, you know, Pastor, I got this football, you know, in my house for two or three weeks. I think I'm going to start coming to church. One little idea to get you traction in that community. It could be basketball, volleyball, but show up and do some things. Okay, Bear Bryant, the late uh, Alabama football coach, he said he has five points that explains what he believes a coach, and I put slash pastor, should do. Number one, tell players or leaders what you expect of them. All right? Tell your leaders what you expect of them. Look here, we're expecting to have an impact in this community, and we're going to change it in the name of Jesus Christ. Number two, give players and leaders an opportunity to perform or to serve. No, 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 listen, Dad, I'm the pastor. I'm the only one that knows how to do this. If you want it done right, you've got to do it yourself. No, get them. Empower them. Say, you get out there, you go to the football game. Here's your 1,000 football. Go. I can't work in the children. I can't work in the community. I can't do all. Empower people to go. Um, you see some of the people have now church. Everybody who works, I give everybody a T-shirt. I mean, we're going to put a T-shirt. We're going to put now church. You're going to walk around, and people coming at sporting events and extravaganza, you're going to see our name everywhere and empower them, say, you represent. It's like Superman. You put this shirt on, you're going to be anointed, but also you're going to be well-behaved. You're going to be like a fool out there. You're going to take your shirt back. But you empower them to say, look here, you were here, and now you're going to be here. And I want you to represent not only the church, but represent God Almighty. And it's like, wow, you believe in me? Yes, I believe in you. You can go. You're the greatest usher. You're the greatest children's minister. And empower them to take traction in that community. And all of a sudden, you're thinking, Pastor, somebody came from your church right here. They just bless, they drive through. And they blessed somebody's, bought somebody's dinner behind them. Wow. And it just gets contagious. Momentum. Write down momentum. And I heard this thing about momentum. You can get a freight train, it completely stopped, and you get a small little block and put it on the front wheel, and it'll stop from going. But if you get a freight train going 60 miles an hour, it will go through a six-foot concrete wall. Get it going and start feeding that thing, fueling that thing, and start celebrating. When you go to something in the community, I told my team already, we're going to have 
thousands of people at this extravaganza. Everybody better take pictures. Sunday morning, within 24 hours, there better be a video. We're going to show Sunday morning celebrating what's going to happen here. We do videos every week. If we're out in the community doing anything, the ladies or the men, take pictures, put it on. We're going to celebrate because what it does is build momentum. Man, we are doing something. A lot of times you do something and nobody knows. And we just had 35 men at our high-octane ministry meeting. Three got saved. Tell somebody. And it's that momentum will go. Or you can just keep it quiet and it never moves. You get that locomotion move and, man, it's like, oh, man, look, at we're doing something, going somewhere. All right. Uh, number three, I said, let's, let players and leaders know how they're getting along. Confront. If someone's messing up or not, don't just, no, talk to them, man. I love you, not to leave you the way you are, and we can do a little bit better, all right? Number four, instruct and empower players and leaders when they need it. Help them. Give them the tools they need to go to the next level. Reward players and leaders according to their contribution. What's your name? Phil. Phil. High five. Man, you're a great job. Matt, last week you came in here, you had a three or four new visitors, you knew their name, you talked to them. Man, I appreciate you coming here, reaching your, out, your arms around them and just inviting them, find them a good seat, get them some fresh coffee. What you're doing is empowering them for doing something right versus saying, well, you should have talked to them the other day and you, you blew it. When you find somebody doing something great, high-five them, thank them, empower them, and reward them for what they're doing. All right, at our church, we have three simple, oh, wait, I get three simple things. This is our vision and you probably heard it, book, we stole it from somebody else or borrowed it. Why we exist, connect, grow, and serve. Number one, we're going to come in here, we're going to connect. We're going to connect with God, we're going to connect with people. If you come to that church, me, Barb, or somebody else, we're going to find out where you are in your walk with the Lord. We're going to find out if you have any friends, who you are. We're going to hook you up with somebody. You like to fish? Hey, you know, over here, John, he likes to fish too. Well, you guys ought to get together. Because if you connect people, ladies might like to knit or like to go shopping or whatever, you connect them with one another and then with God. And then after we do this, after we connect somebody, then we're going to have them to grow. You can't just connect them, then we're going to grow. We have life groups. We have lessons. We have opportunities for them to grow in every area of their life, spiritual. If you're a four, we're going to try to get you a five. If you're a seven, we want to get you a nine. Every person needs to grow. We're going to give you some apps. We're going to give you prod. We're going to have you to grow spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally. After you connect and after you grow, guess what? We're going to have you to serve. And you've been sitting here for six months. Man, you've been connecting with one another. You've been coming to the men's group. Man, you've just been growing. And guess what? Man, I need you to help me. We've got this egg hunt. I need you to help. And then you serve. And then what you're going to do back again, then you're going to find somebody else that just got saved, and you're going to hook them and say, come on, we need to connect. I'm going to connect you with somebody else in the church. A year ago, I was in the same situation, but I'm going to show you. We're having a men's ministry next week, and then say, all right, what are you doing accountability? Let me help you grow. This is a devotion that I'm doing. The pastor's not doing it. We're having everybody else that went through this journey, and then after you helping them grow, then you say, all right, we need some help. What's your gift and your calling? Can you help me usher? I don't care if you smoke or you drink. I want to get you involved in something because when you start growing together and when you start connecting together and when you start serving, then all of a sudden, you know what? I probably shouldn't be smoking. I probably shouldn't probably be drinking. Maybe I shouldn't be doing some things, but I'm not going to judge them on the front end. When I go fishing, not one time me and my grandfather caught one fish that was already cleaned, filleted, and ready. for. We caught them first, then we cleaned them, and then we filleted them, and then we battered them and fried them. 
And so we want people to come in here at number seven leaders every time, polished and perfect. Man, I'll take anybody. If you're breathing, one of the sessions says, well, we want to pray for the leaders. I ain't going to pray. If you're breathing and you want to do something, I'll, I'll find somewhere. I'll get you a broom to sweep. I'll have you do something because then you're part of my discipleship problem. Because if you stick around here long enough and you start growing and you start serving, man, the Holy Spirit's going to convict you. And you're going to be so close to God that you won't want to smoke anymore. You won't want to cuss anymore. You'll start loving people. And this year's our theme is called Love God and Love People. And I said, all I want you to do is two things this whole year. I want you to love God with your whole heart, your spirit, your soul, and your mind. And number two, I want you to love those around you, your neighbors, the ones you love, the ones you hate. Just love God and love people. And we got some shirts, bright green shirts like this green right here. And on the back it says, love God, love people. And we're going to have like a couple hundred people volunteering and all in the, in the park for extravaganza we're going to have love God love people what are you doing we're just going to love God and we're going to love people I'm not going to talk about my denomination I'm not going to talk about all I'm going to do is this, love God and love people and I think you get traction in your community if you just love God from your heart not just no will God but from your heart you love God with everything you have and you find people people that are hurting people that need a hug come around them just reach them and say man I love you just in the mess you're in right now. And that's how you get traction. And so there is a gentleman. It says, uh, Sidney J. Harris says, information is given out while communication is getting through. When there is interaction, communication between the leader and his people, it empowers them to succeed. So when we're going, we can't just give it out. We've got to get it through. So in our communication, we've got to make it clear. And so those that have fill-outs, I want to hit this last thing right here. 11 essentials for getting traction. How much time do we have? Okay, perfect. All right. All right. Some of these fill in the blank or you can write the whole thing if you don't have a sheet. Focus on opportunities, finding opportunities and difficult. I mean, I think we can all come up with excuses. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough leaders. But here's the thing. Is focus on opportunities. You can, I can go into any one of your communities and you can find opportunities that you can volunteer, you can help, you can do something. Number two, resolve to make things better, not perfect. Man, sometimes our leaders and pastor, we can't do this unless we're completely 100% perfect. Do you remember Peter? He cut a guy's ear off. He denied Christ three times. But then the book of Acts... He got up and spoke and 4,000 people got saved. Man, sometimes we get so caught up and have to be perfect all the time. Man, let's go do something. If this bus is moving and we're doing something proactive and we're helping this community, it doesn't have to be perfect. We're working on getting it better. But if we're touching people and changing people's lives, put your arm around them and say, I believe in you. We've got to do something. Number four, compassion on others and yourself. It goes to back to that statistic about people dying. If you go to your community and you don't have passion for people that are homeless, people who are hurting, that are single moms, that are kids that are maybe not have anything to eat tonight, if you don't have any passion, not only them, but also man, passion that God, you're going to help me. Uh, next one, number four, guidance from mentors. Never be so proud that you can't ask for other people's help. Always have mentors, people above you that say, hey, man, I'm going through this hard time. What can you do to help me? What can I do to take it to the next level? Boldness to take the next step 
even if you feel inadequate. Man, I think that's right now that God, you know, I know you want me to do this, but I just feel so inadequate. There's no way. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm charging you today. Get up, take the next step. It's like Peter on that boat. He said, come on, come see me. And nobody's ever walked on the water before. But if you take the first step, God said, I will be with you the next step. He got out of that boat. You got to get up. And you got to step out there and you walk on that water. And then don't look around at what's happening around you. Number six, humility to receive suggestions from others. Man. Sometimes leaders are so puffed up with pride that we can't listen to anybody else. Hey, pastor, I got this great idea. Hey, I'm the pastor here. Don't you tell me what to do. Man, listen, we're on the same team. We're serving only one God, and it's his church. If we can work together with other churches in humility, say, hey, man, what am I missing? It's the same mountain. What can we do to maybe see a different angle? Appreciate those who walk with you. It's very nice to come up and say, thank you. Leaders get so caught up, do, 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 do. But slow down. Have a, a volunteer's appreciation meal. Come here and get them coffee. Send them a little gift card. Say, man, thank you very much for believing in the vision and stepping up and doing some things. We've got to thank those that are stepping up and helping. Uh, openness to learn from your mistakes. I'm telling you right now, there's only one perfect person, and they crucified him. We're going to make mistakes. Don't stay in the mistakes. Learn from your mistakes, and then move forward. Have a short memory. Hey, yeah, we made a mistake, but hey, we're going to learn, and we're going to move forward and take traction on that next level. Grit to try again. Man, I'm telling you right now, if you don't underline any of them, Sometimes you've been beat down, you've tried, and you're thinking, man, I've tried, and i tried, and i tried. We've been doing all kinds of projects, and it didn't know where we're losing traction. I'm going to tell you right now, have the grit to try again. Awareness that the journey ends when you stop opening doors that create discomfort. Man, if you think it's gonna, your church is going to grow, and you're going to have any problems, it's going to be wonderful, and you're going to hang around saying kumbaya, you're deceived. Man, you're going to roll up your sleeve, it's going to be hard work. But I'm telling you right now, the reward of seeing people saved, people set free, addicts being set free, I'm telling you right now, the journey ends when you stop opening doors that create discomfort. And the last one, courage to ignore critics who complain from the sideline. Well, come on now. Well, Pastor, you can't be doing this. You've been here 20 years, and you ain't even got three people saved. You just stay on the sideline. I want to be in the game, and we're going to make things happen, and I'll show you what we're going to do. With God's help, you can get traction. And I think that the uh, amazing thing about it is that you want to create activities that the community and the buzz. So what we've done is we got the extravaganza, 15,000. We've got bounce houses. We've got... Uh, family games, Easter Bunny, hot dog, 1,200 hot dogs, you know. And so I, when I talked to business, my Rotary Club said, Pastor, we believe in what you're doing. I will buy 1,200 hot dogs and give it to you because we believe in you. Hey, we'll take it. I mean, the Lions Club said, hey, here's your $300 to buy candy for the kids. And Barb back here, she's one of my helpers. She's walked around, got all these. We got like $1,000, $1,500. People said, we just believe in what you're doing. Traction. And then what we do is use this, sort of the awareness, and then use this as a springboard. And on the back, this is 
Saturday, Sunday, I'm doing a series called All in the Family. Get them back to church the next day. And my four messages is all welcome. Number two, dysfunction in the family. How many people can relate to that? Hey, come on. Broken families, purpose of the family. We got extravaganza and thinking, man, is your family hurt? 90% of most homes have some kind of dysfunction. Man, what better opportunity? And then the next day, Monday after Easter, we're having a bonfire bash. If you're a teenager between, between 13 and 19, we're having a bonfire. We're going to have cornhole basketball. We're going to have a block party, free hot dogs, s'mores. You bring everybody out because we're going to use this as a springboard for this. And then to get them in here to extravaganza, then we're having a Disney drive-in movie night Friday. You drop your kids off, you go on a date night, and the kids have been making little boxes. They sit in at the movie. We're going to move. We've got three big screens. We're going to show a movie and to have the kids to come in here, give mom and dad a day off, and let the kids just have fun. We're going to give them popcorn, an opportunity to reach out to the community and get traction. They're going to come back and say, man, mom, I had fun. Hey, can we come back Sunday? Uh, sure. And everything we're doing is very intentional. This just didn't come in the mail. Oh, wow. Months ago, we planned it. Months ago, we had to plan this and strategize. What are we doing to get traction in our community? So i got two minutes. Any questions for now, church, what I'm doing? And uh, open for anything. Questions, questions? Well, you guys are like, you know, fire hose, right? Like blasted. All right, well, let me pray for you guys and then uh, bless you. Debbie, Father, I thank you right now for every leader. Father, I thank you right now that they are getting traction in their community. Father, I pray right now that you are doing amazing things in their churches, in their communities. I pray right now that that harvest is white. And I thank you right now that you're giving labors into the field. I pray right now that you give them creative ideas to minister to the children, to the youth, to the local body. I pray right now you're giving ideas right now to reach out in the community. I think right now their community will never be the same from this day forward. And I thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I have some cards or you got my email. If you want this uh, PowerPoint, I can send it to you. If you didn't get a flyer, I'll send them to you.